0: Because like an emotion is one thing, the access to it, there are so many different ways. So I think it's important that the intention is, it's like the number one goal that you're going for this feeling.
1: Welcome to the Breaking Bias podcast, formerly Diversity on Fire, the show where we explore the stories and experiences of people from all walks of life. We are on a mission to inspire new thoughts and dialogue in an effort to challenge bias and cultivate connection. This is your host, Heather, and joining the conversation today is Denise Santos. Denise is a Emmy Award-winning composer. Her music can be heard on many different movies, including Island of Seawolves on Netflix and Primates, which is the BBC documentary she won her Emmy for in 2021. As a Filipina, Denise deeply understands the need for representation, not only as an industry professional, but also the cultural significance her work has on every project she touches. Welcome to the show, Denise. Hi Heather, thank you
0: for having
1: me. Thank you for joining me. Before we dive into kind of your musical, beautiful musical composer career, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about who you are as a person. So I generally like to call this your backstory or your uh, origin story. So backstory, anything impactful life events that might include religion, politics, family, things that have shaped you into who you are.
0: Yes, happy to talk about that. So I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines. And then, so there, I have four, three siblings. I'm the third in the order. Basically, growing up there, very like Catholic upbringing. And I had gone to um, private Catholic all-girls schools growing up. And I think my first exposure to music was really through my mom because we, we traveled a lot and every time we would travel, she would make sure that we would have exposure to the arts, whether it's like going to a museum or seeing a show. So she made us watch a lot of um, musicals. So I feel like um, I really, I mean, as a kid, seeing a musical, that's just such an awe inspiring experience so I I feel like I take that with me a lot but aside from music um, as I mentioned I have siblings I have two older sisters and I love them to death however a big part of um, who I am was molded by like when we were all younger and we were all playmates and I did get bullied a lot being like the youngest girl so my two older siblings would like keep me out of play time or we also had like a best friend who lived right next door to us like I remember having times where they would all like lock the room and play and like not include me so I really feel like um I spent a lot of time by myself which is like um it's not a bad thing to be but then when you know that there's like fun happening in the other room that's like like I had to like sit with that basically I think that has carried on throughout my life where I've always kind of felt like an outsider and there are other moments in my life where this has actually happened just by circumstance like I moved to a new school when I was in high school and I've realized that I made a lot of my new friends through music so I I think that's why I have I have such like a close um deep rooted like relation with music it's because I have created strong relationships through it when I moved high schools um I made a really good friend we formed a or I joined her band and we were she's still one of my Greatest friends today, and I also started joining um theater because that was like the only avenue that I had to be uh write music. Basically, I saw a posting for like join the theater club to be part of the band, and I was like, okay, I want to keep being in a band, so it, I joined that and made some of the most amazing friendships and creative experiences in my life through that experience. And then when I went to college, I completely dropped um, music because my whole family is in business and I never thought that music was going to be like a career path. I always thought it was a great hobby, a great time to hang out with friends, but college is time to get serious right so I completely stopped doing that and funnily enough a lot of my college friends don't actually or didn't know me as a musician and even today when I share news about my musical journey I'll get comments of like oh my gosh I had no idea you had this hidden talent in you (laughs) so yeah um I think also when I did that I think I was in an effort to blend in i just i wanted to blend in completely with my um like management degree uh group like my classmates so i tried to be as close to what that could possibly be like just being like going to attending parties planning parties like it was that was my college life so um However, at around like third year, fourth year college, I realized I do not want to keep doing the business side of things. And I had this like whole, like I would say maybe a quarter life crisis of just like I was completely just not talking to anyone. I didn't know who I was. I had completely lost myself and that's when I decided I wanted to get back into music, but it took a while for me to get back into the space because I wanted to honor the degree that I fit like I wanted to finish my degree make my parents proud um, I wanted to really give it a full try before I would give up on it so I even I became like a marketing intern at BMW and then maybe I think I was there for a summer or yeah a few months and I really that's when I realized, okay, this is not for me. So I started taking private classes in music production. I want to, I consider my education as like a la carte learning, where I take private classes here and there. I've taken online classes. I've taken, um, piano lessons. So, uh, basically i Found a job at a radio station and it was still in the managerial side, like administrative side. Like I was in sales. I was also trying to do their social media. But then I learned, I saw how production was, radio production was done and I got to kind of dabble in it. And then I started um, freelancing as a composer. I had started applying what I learned from my private production classes so I started reaching out to friends, director friends that I knew, and I just um, I told them, "Hey, if you need music, I'm here, I'm available. I'd love to write music for you. And I landed my first gig writing music for a trailer of a movie that my friend was working on. And we got along really well and I was invited to actually do the music for the whole film. So that would be my, my first like feature film. And so I kept doing that. And then I reached out to this amazing Filipino composer. His name is Nonong Buen Camino. And he mentored me and really kind of showed me the ropes. Because I think the the system back in the Philippines versus how it's done here in Hollywood is completely different. Like There aren't really infrastructures for composers here. Everyone is freelancing. It's kind of a... And it's not even, like, a very structured, like, um, contracts aren't as standardized as they are here. So he was willing to show me the ropes. And he also advised me to study music because, as I said, like, all of my education was pretty um, a la carte, piano lessons, playing in bands, online classes. So I took his advice. I came to L.A., And that's when I had another, you know, experience of feeling like an outsider. Like, obviously, I did not grow up here. I don't know how things work here. And I found my community through music. So when I went to school, I went to UCLA Extension. I took a film scoring um, certificate course and from there i did an internship at remote control productions which is hans zimmer's studio which led me to an assistant job and led me to eventually getting hired as a full-time composer now that's like i want to consider that part of my journey as like 2.0 like i was learning from i started from the bottom again and when I was hired to be full time, I embraced that opportunity and learned so much. And it was the, the perfect place for me, uh, also I w- wherever I when I worked, I, w- I was hired by not by remote control, but by their sister company called Bleeding Fingers Music. And that's kind of like more TV. We did a lot of reality, we did a lot of documentaries. So I learned a lot in that space. And when I was invited to join the company, I was just like there to take whatever I could because like I needed to, I wanted to keep learning. I think that was like the main reason that I joined. I wanted to keep growing and it was such a wonderful opportunity to learn. So I I took it and I... You know, had my milestones while being there. I, my first milestone was like, I just wanted to get my music approved, pretty like with as little revisions as possible. So I did that, and then my next milestone was to be in you know, included in this show that I thought so highly of, and it's called Um, Alaskan Bush People, and the the writers that were part of this show were just like people that I really looked up to and then I eventually got invited to write on that show as well so that was the next milestone and then another milestone for me was like being part of a nature documentary and I finally uh, I got to work on primates with my co-writer Adam Lucas and that was like the first big nature documentary that I had done and Luckily enough, it like brought me to my next milestone, which was like winning an Emmy, which was insane. I mean, being nominated was huge enough for me. It was like a big moment. My My whole family was like super ecstatic about it. They even had like this tarpaulin printed out. And they hung it around, like, the village where we live in the Philippines. We're just saying, like, congratulations for your Emmy nomination. It's, like, really cheesy. They meant to do it as a joke. But it was, like, really, like, thoughtful. And I was just very flattered by it. So it was a big deal getting nominated. And then when we won, I just kind of, I spiraled after that Emmy win. I I felt like... I, I was in this marathon, I was running this race, and I'd finished the marathon, the Emmy win for me was like the finish line, and I really didn't know where to go after that. I started feeling like I really, I was feeling very burnt out as well, so I really didn't know how to hold the joy of this achievement alongside like um, dealing with like the kind of the pressure of keeping it up you know so I spiraled after that I had like symptoms of depression and and I, I I've I've read about that it's quite common for people who achieve like kind of it's not immediate success but I guess like overnight attention like, I've, I've read about how it does impact somebody's mental health. And I, like, when I was reading these articles, like, oh, my gosh, yes, I totally relate to this. So I started um, really just, like, examining where I was and what I, what I wanted, like, out of this. And I wasn't sure if I was, like, well, should I completely stop? I feel like I have nothing left to give. Um, so I basically I quit my job and I really just like took a moment to just breathe I mean take in everything and process everything and it's been a year since I've done like therapy I've like I have like done a lot of journaling and I've realized that all I needed was a break. <laughs> All it took was just like be able to process things. And I think that's where I failed over the past few years. Like I wasn't processing what was going on in my life and what, um, what I wanted or how I wanted to keep going. So yeah, here I am now, like a year later and trying to just like, Piece things together and trying to rebuild, and I feel like I'm in I'm in 3.0 right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm starting from scratch, and I am absolutely like enjoying this like new phase, and I'm really excited to get back into uh, work more on like narratives, work on dramas, and I I want to work on. F- female led stories. I want to work on diverse stories. Like I really want to amplify stories that I feel like we need more of. So I'm like I'm really glad that like Barbie's now like out there. I feel like <laughs> I, I it's like I feel like the industry is going towards this very healthy direction of equality and diversity. So yeah
1: thank you so much so much for sharing that 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 vulnerability and that transparency is so valid and valuable I think it's something that we don't get enough and oftentimes there is this rhetoric that oh you've made it which means you know you're the polished shiny diamond and you should be happy and everything is wonderful for you and people forget that the backside of that. They forget the pressure that comes with that. They forget the human that comes with all of the work that has been done. So I thank you and I appreciate you so much for being so um, transparent about that. I know, I mean, first of all, the journey that you went on, because that was a long journey of like business to being a composer. And Maybe it's just my mind, but I look at those two things and they feel very different. One feels very, um, uh, very structured and very, I'm not, su- I'm not sure if I'm going to find the word, but then the other one is very artful and very free, very intentional, but also just such a creative side to it. What are some of the challenges that kind of happened in your mind throughout that process of giving yourself permission to become what you were drawn to, uh, away from, let's, let's maybe say away from some idea of stability, like business management Mm -hmm. stability and, and really towards your passion. Like what were some of the obstacles that you had to confront that others might resonate with?
0: I think one of my biggest obstacles was embracing the kind of the chaos of it of being an artist (laughs) because you're right like being in business it's so regimented it's like every your outputs outcomes are predictable more predictable than coming up with a piece of art so it took many many years for me to just embrace um being wrong or trying things And knowing they might fail. Um, Which, I mean, I think in business is also done quite often. Like, you have a business idea and you try it out, you test it out, and it could fail. So there are some similarities. But I think it's just more about, like, getting out of the computative aspect of my brain. And just leaning in to feeling, gut feeling. Because I, it I wasn't like this before. I played safe, even in my music. I would, I would kind of shape shift into what my clients wanted, which is a big part of my job. But I think I was doing it too much, in that I had lost myself, and I. It's kind of like a repeating pattern. I keep losing myself in my commitments, and I think this 3.0 phase is like me actually am encouraging myself to be more more into my more in the work and not just doing what other people want out of me so I've become more vulnerable I've become more open to sharing my opinions and my taste and what I think works best and it's an ongoing process.
1: I love this so much though because it's this idea and 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 listen it, this idea comes in business too, right? They say you have to niche down, you have to be really specific and that's terrifying because you want everybody to love everything all the time. Exactly. And that's not how it works, but that's what we want, right? And so this idea of saying this is me this is my style, this is what I bring to the table. And if it doesn't fit your project, that's okay. We don't have to work together. It's terrifying, but also super empowering, right? I love it. It
0: really is. When when this year started or when I, after I quit, one of my biggest goals is to get as many rejections as possible.
1: <laughs> okay, bravery.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Like I, I, just went straight for it. But I think it's it's because it was an exercise for me to really show up as myself, and that I knew that meant rejections. I knew, um, it, it meant incompatibility in certain things. Whereas the previous me would have bent over backwards to be compatible with the project, with, with the person, with a director, a producer. And I'm I'm kind of done being that person. So by getting as many rejections as possible, it also helped me when the rejections happened. It was like part failure, but part success because I achieved this goal, my resolution to get as many rejections as possible.
1: Yeah. And I, so I read, um, you did an article or an interview with, um, CNN Philippines, and I think it was right after your Emmy award. And, and I read that they quoted you saying that once you found your people, you know, cause previously you had mentioned kind of feeling that you don't fit in, right? So like you said, once you found your people, you were able to truly become yourself as a composer. And you said you think that's really important to feel comfortable with who you are. And that way you can take your own risks knowing you have the support of a group. Do you feel like you still have that or do you feel like you're moving into a different a different version of that?
0: I definitely feel like I have that and it's even more powerful Mm. now. Like I've really um made it a priority over the last few months to nurture my relationships and that has just I didn't used to do that when I was working I think also because when I was working I was kind of in survival mode so I would work and I would go to bed like I had no bandwidth to be a person outside of the work I just thought that that was my responsibility that's all that mattered And now when I after in retrospect, like I realized that maybe that's why I was kind of spiraling. Like maybe it was because I wasn't like spending more time with friends and doing fun things outside of my job. So I like I will bring that with me um, till the day I die. Like I'm going to keep hanging out with friends, (laughs) like family. Like I will prioritize that more than ever.
1: Oh yes, filling filling that cup is so important, especially when you're putting so much out there. And I shared this with you before we started recording, but I just want to share it on on air here. When I was preparing for our conversation, I went to your website and you have uh, some of your music tracks on there. And I was listening to it in the background as I was working, and I was just I nothing was going on other than me working, but the the music that was in the background was evoking so many like such a range of emotion in me and I'm like what is going on right now and I realize it's because the music that you have you know there are certain themes right there's um there's excitement there's curiosity there's um tension and and the music was was making me feel those things and I thought wow this is so freaking amazing Because I'm not watching a movie or a show. I don't have that visual image that's being backed up by this soundtrack, but this soundtrack is still making me feel all the things. And I just want to highlight how freaking cool that is that I don't think that, you know, music plays in the background of, of most everything that we w- that we watch and we listen to. But I don't think we always acknowledge that, right? Because a lot of times it is in the background, and which means I don't think composers and the music itself gets the attention that it deserves. And it just, the artistry, I just want to highlight that because I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you mentioned before when you're creating pieces kind of sometimes being pulled in and maybe, and you didn't use this word, uh, but maybe conforming a little too much to what someone else thinks it should be. Tell me about the importance of matching you know, a music piece to the intent or theme of, of something so that it does evoke those emotions that you're going for.
0: Right. Well, it is the most important thing of the job, I think. But um, there are times when, because like an emotion is one thing, the access to it, there are so many different ways. So I think it's important that the intention is, it's like the number one goal that you're going for this feeling, this um, setting this experience and where I feel like I could or, or where I feel like composers could bring in their personal touch is the access to it like how are we going to get and what are the instruments what is the kind of production we're going to do to get there but definitely matching the scene is the most important thing and matching the intentions of your director is the most important thing when you're composing for a film or, or a TV show. But when you're composing for yourself, then that doesn't matter at all. I feel like you have free reign.
1: I, I'm just so fascinated with your ability to really, to really tap into that. And I know, so um, a couple of the, the productions that you've done have been documentary style where, um, so for example, the primates one, there was a lot of that, that, did not have words, right? so it's really just playing on the scenery and the music. The music is not entirely in the background at that point. so it becomes kind of even more important like how do you tap into that in a situation that you know if you haven't been there? Well, I owe
0: that a lot to my travels, even though like I haven't been to the certain locations, but I have been to somewhere similar so. I will. I, I. do. I do think that growing up and being able to travel a lot has contributed to being more like sensitive to different kinds of cultures. But then also, I think my my hidden like outsider underdog backstory has be has helped me become really empathetic towards all kinds of emotions and ways of life and i think that's how i'm able to tap into these different emotions that you feel when you hear the music and i only have bullying to thank for look at that <laughs> i'm so glad i was bullied when i was young
1: this is so, yeah. this yeah this is a challenging thing right because i think we definitely don't want to advocate for bullying but also there are there there is strength in struggle. For sure. Exactly.
0: I think that's the bigger point. There is definitely like it's it's the challenges that we go through that make us who we are and that right. connects us with the world. I think yeah. without those challenges we could just easily be like by ourselves and you know not care for anyone. But it's the challenges that make us reach out to friends that just make us look into how other people go through their challenges. And it makes us just more, like I said, more empathetic to situations that are outside of our own experience.
1: Yeah. So talk to me about the representation piece, because I think, um, again, similar to the music, um, with with music composition, especially when we're, we're putting it in productions like theater, well, theater, it's probably a a bit bit more obvious, but in soundtracks and things like that, how does representation play an important part in not only, one, you as being a professional in the profession, but also in the actual music that's being created and matched with different subject art?
0: Well, so... I think the best example I have is like my experience of like being part of Bleeding Fingers where I saw all of the composers there came from different backgrounds and our music, you can tell like the differences in that, like there's like like all the different spices you could think of like in, 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 in so many different pieces of music. And I think that's where our culture really shines it's it's when we're able to blend where we come from and mix that blend where we come from mix it with um what is being asked of us and i think that just makes for a more exciting output because then we're not doing cookie cutter we're not just doing the same piece of music again and again when we bring in our own culture when we bring in our own backgrounds it's it's it makes way for innovation so i think that's where it really is important
1: so what's next you've taken a break and by all means continue taking breaks as long as you absolutely need but what's what's on the horizon for you career and and music wise um i i'm actually working on two films right now and i'm very
0: very excited for the world to see um I'm working on a feature alongside my husband, who's also a composer. So, working on this amazing... um, Okay, actually, I want to backtrack a little bit. The two films that I'm working on have so many similarities. They're both set in a forest. They're both about three characters that are part of a family. But one is a psychological thriller, (laughs) and... one is a dark comedy so it's i love that they're both happening at the same time and it's just like so fun to be able to be in the same place more or less but like tell it differently so yeah i'm working on those two films and i'm playing i'm going back into performing as well so i've started playing keyboards for a friend my friend named dylan but she goes by um her artist name is slower Power. And we're jamming, we're, we're going to play a show in a few weeks. And I'm also playing piano for another good friend of mine. His name is Zosimo. He writes um, Filipino musicals. So I'm really excited for that. And I'm really just, I'm looking forward to, like I said earlier, like leaning into more of who I am and discovering that I'm really looking for a lot of avenues to just be creative because I think being a musician is not about writing and playing music all day it's also trying to relate to the world in other ways so yeah I'm just I'm looking for fun things to do and collaborators and I'm definitely still in therapy but it's been a very great journey. And I feel like I'm able to show up more for the world and with a stronger front now that I've taken that break.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I I don't know. Therapy might never end for some of us, right? But yeah. <laughs> but it's but, but should it? I don't know. I think it's just a tool, right? It's a, it's a tool to move us. And align us more closely to our own vision and get us out of the weeds of everyone else's ideas and expectations and pressures of a world that you're just like, wait, do I even want to be a part of that program? (laughs) So good for you. I love it. Are you ready for the final three questions? Yes. Okay. All right, so I always have the guests share with us an action item because we like to hear stories and kind of get immersed in different ideas and thought processes, but we also want to have some sort of an action to move forward on. So what's one small action everyone can take today?
0: I think watching a film or a TV show that is around, that talks about something that you are not familiar with is a really good first step into achieving inclusivity and acceptance of other cultures so it's like and that's very easy and I think it's a good suggestion because you can do it in the comfort of your own home and I hope that when you do something like that it sparks further action but I think it's a great first step.
1: Yes, and I love that because it, we you know you mentioned briefly kind of your travel, right? And how that has kind of informed you in a way and I feel the same way in terms of my travel and my experiences really really helped me have helped me and will continue I'm sure open up in a way that I don't know it, it no, I don't even want to say I don't know, that I know would not have been possible had I not done those things. So I love that. And like you're saying, it can be done, you know, in the comfort of your own home, just as a starting point. All right. What are five words that you connect with personally, you know, during this current phase of your life?
0: Um, Alignment is the word that you've mentioned earlier, too. It's like alignment is so important to me. If I'm working on projects that I resonate with, that's alignment. That's like, that's what will really bring out the best work. So there's that. There's connection. Um, Just connection to stories, connection to people, connection to the world. I, I love to clean I've said this a lot I think a lot of my friends know me as like someone who loves to clean not saying I'm good at it but I love it because I feel connected to my space I feel connected to my surroundings when I do that um yeah connection is another discomfort is another and this is a big word for me because for a very long time I was avoiding discomfort and now I'm in a place in my life where i feel strong enough to push myself bring myself towards places of discomfort because i truly believe that that's the only way someone could grow um nothing changes if nothing changes right so discomfort is another one discipline is another one um this i guess comes from my business life life like um discipline is very important and while our art- artistic life is sometimes not very um not seen as disciplined i actually think otherwise i think when you're disciplined you're freeing yourself from your limitations i think when you're disciplined like even if it's like i i'm disciplined in watching a new show or watching a new m- movie every week and that way i'm it sets me up for being disciplined to work because then i will be fueled with some inspiration you know so i think discipline is very important and it also it, it, well, it you know it also is applicable to everything outside of the work just being a disciplined um, taking care of your health it enables you to do the work that you want to do and it enables you to show up for other people when you're disciplined with your health So there's that. And my last word would be community. Um, it's just like, as I've mentioned earlier, it's the thing that keeps people going. It's, it just makes life worth living. So definitely community.
1: I love all of those. And I just, I want to hone in on the last two, because I think you're right. I think discipline gets a bad rap, but listen, it's so, it's so important. And I think maybe, you know, maybe mentally I'm interchanging it with persistence, but I think it takes discipline to make a decision that you're going to forego, you know, a degree that you were, that you went for and go into something that sets your soul on fire instead, that doesn't have the same structure, that is not the same guarantee, doesn't have the same certainty. I think it takes discipline to make that decision. And keep showing up every day for it. Yes,
0: totally. I mean, you're right. It is part persistence, but I think discipline shows up when you um, kind of you do things intentionally to get mm-hmm. to where you are. So it it's like
1: doing it consistently. So definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And w- so where can everybody go to connect with you to keep in touch to find um, your work? Because I, I mentioned listening on your website. Absolutely. Everybody needs to go to your website and listen because it's amazing. It's my new background music, as long as it doesn't make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, my, my
0: website is where you'll find all of my links. It's denise-santos.com and that's where you'll find links to my Instagram account, my Facebook account, and I I love responding and talking to people over social media, so definitely give me a follow on all of those platforms.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You have been so vulnerable. I I always appreciate when I can see something that I wasn't necessarily paying attention to before and full transparency. I don't know. I love music. I've always loved music, all kinds of different kinds of music, but I don't know that I've taken the time to appreciate number one, the composers behind the music and number two, the effort that it takes and the the effort and consideration that it takes to match music to what you're watching. And so I, you know, in this process and chatting with you and preparing to chat with you, I had the opportunity to slow down and, and pay attention to that. And wow, I appreciate it so much. What you do is absolutely beautiful. Amazing. Thank you for your openness. I mean, that's I that's all we want out
0: of people, right? Like to learn how to accept us. And so I, I really appreciate that you took a deep dive into our little niche of <laughs> composer
1: world. It lights up the world. Thank you for listening in today. I hope this episode helped you see a new perspective and gain a new appreciation for music. Not just the music we hear on the radio, but the music that plays in the background of the shows and movies that we enjoy. I believe through conversations just like this, we can all set fire to our ignorance and rise from those ashes together as better humans. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions that were expressed on today's episode, they're ours. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions. Connect with breaking bias by going to our website breakingbiaspodcast.com where you'll find the links to all of our social media our most recent blog posts as well as all of our episodes if you have not done so already don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode we would love your feedback so please head on over to whatever platform you use and leave us a love note share the show with everyone you know so more people can join in these important conversations and until next time don't forget to check your bias and keep the conversations going Thank you.